0: and welcome back to Sharp Scratch. You're listening to episode 94, How to Choose a Specialty. This is a podcast brought to you by the BMJ and sponsored by Medical Protection, where medical students, junior doctors and expert guests come together and discuss all the things you need to know to be a good doctor that you might not get taught in medical school. I'm Charlotte and I'm the editorial scholar here at the BMJ, looking after all the content that BMJ Student will be producing this year. I'm also a medical student at the University of Oxford and I'll be heading back to finish my final year in July. Uh, so today we're joined by our panellists, Stanamir and Anisha.
1: Hi everyone, uh, my name is Stanamir. I'm a third year graduate entry medical student at the University of Warwick, so yeah, busy with placement at the moment and uh, looking forward to a bit of a summer break.
2: Hi, my name's Anisha, I'm currently an F2 working in Brighton and I graduated from King's College London.
0: Amazing, thank you. Um, and uh, I'd also like to welcome our expert guest today, Heather Samuel. So Heather, would you like to introduce yourself?
3: Um, I'm a professionally qualified careers advisor. Um, Not a medic, nothing to do with medicine at all. Um, I've been working with um, people, helping them with their different career choices um, and including career development um, for well over 30 years. But the last 15, I've been specialising in working with doctors um, from basically from F1 um, all the way through to CCT, um, and and one or two beyond that as well.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Um, It's great to sort of know a bit more about what you do. From the moment you start medical school, you're asked the same question. What kind of doctor are you going to be? While some know from the very beginning that they're going to be a surgeon or a paediatrician or a GP, others have no idea. The reality of choosing a specialty can be really difficult sometimes. Um, We sort of learn how to critically appraise papers, but never think about our own thoughts or the ways we make decisions. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about the common worries that medical students or junior doctors might have when it comes to choosing a specialty. Um, And we'll also think about some of the steps that we can take to make that process a little bit easier. Um, so Stanimir, if we kind of start with you, where are you at with the kind of choosing a specialty?
1: <laughs> feelings ah, good question. At the <laughs> yeah, um, I think I've um, crossed out a lot of things that I don't want to do. Um, and some of them I'd like decided I didn't want to do like even before starting medical school. Cause obviously I'm a graduate. So I did, you know, I did a BSc before that I worked in the NHS a little bit. Um, so I had an overview of things, um, you know, albeit from a different, from a different perspective, but, um, yeah, I've definitely, um, crossed off surgery off the list because I think as you said Charlotte in your in your introduction I feel like the people that want to be surgeons know that they want to be surgeons (laughs) from the very beginning and it's kind of how how it goes um so yeah I don't want to be a surgeon I don't think I could hack GP because it's very stressful like my GP placement Mm -hmm. is always very stressful and um I've kind of crossed off all of internal medicine as well because I just (laughs) don't do very well on ward rounds and clinics and things like that so that's left me with um anaesthetics and a bit of ITU maybe so this is this is where I'm at at the moment yeah um I have thought about other specialties but I don't think I'm at the moment I'm not interested in one specific subject enough to kind of make it um a focus Uh, Mm -hmm. and that's why something more general like anaesthetics and ITU um, I think will suit me, will suit me best.
0: Yeah, no, that's super interesting. I feel like that's a good way of making the making the choice, just cro- cross everything off until you're left with one or two things. Um, and Anisha, obviously you're a bit kind of further into your like medical career than me and Stan are. So do you know what kind of specialty you want to do? Or are you just also not sure? So
2: I find it funny that <laughs> Stan <me> likes anaesthetics. <laughs> I, I ruled that out early on.
0: Yeah same actually. <laughs> yeah
2: I think from a from an early stage of medical school I was terrible at cannulas so it's, it's not not for me. Um, so I I think I'm quite rare in the sense that even at F2 I know what I want to do. Semi kind of have figured it out um, so I'm quite interested in dermatology as a specialty, and even at F2 I do feel like the odd one out. I think most mm-hmm. of us are still wondering what we're going to do even after two years of six different specialities. Either people need a year out um, or to further think about whether they even want to stay in medicine, I think, at this stage as well. But I think the reason I found it quite easy is sometimes you you know you do one job or you look at people who are in the job that you want to do, and I think if you can see yourself with them or joining them or joining that community – I think it's quite easy to kind of start setting a goal at least so for example surgery I think for a while I convinced myself I wanted to do surgery in first year and second year you know I joined all the surgical specialty societies um, really got involved went to theatre and then I think you look I looked around and I didn't feel like I belonged to this group of people who are so passionate about cutting people and, you know, learning about anatomy and learning about management and really wanting to do the actual operations. Whereas I would just go and zone out for about two hours and want to go home. And I didn't really feel like I could see myself there. And I think for me, I think that's quite a nice way. Like, do you see yourself doing this in 10 years? And then because the whole thing about specialities, you know, is being goal driven. You have to have a vision of your own life. So if you can't see yourself enjoying that or doing that, then I kind of ruled it, ruled it out like that. Obviously, it's department specific, you know, some departments have, you know, absolutely lovely people and you get along with them really well doesn't necessarily mean that that speciality is for you. Um, but that's with everything, you know, you're going to enjoy one placement more because of some people. And by, I think that's a good starting place if you can see your future around that or around the lifestyle. If you'd rather be in theatre all day, if you are be in clinics, like, what do you want to do? Where do you see yourself? I think that's an easy way to do it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that makes a lot of sense. I guess it can be like quite hard to tease those things out, though, like whether you're enjoying the placement just because of the people or whether you're enjoying the placement because you think you could yeah. see yourself yeah. there, I guess. I
2: guess a lot of it is trial and error as well. It's very rare you're going to wake up one day and be convinced that you want to be a plastic or orthopaedic surgeon, but you have to try and, yeah, like you said, tease it out. But I just found in addition to that, in addition to the ruling out method, I think it's nice to develop a vision for yourself. It also motivates you because we all know that, you know, getting into a specialty or applying for jobs, it's very competitive. You know, you can't just pick something for the sake of it, just for the sake of, you know, joining into a specialty, which I think a lot of people are F2 right now. There's a pressure of do I just join into a training program because I want to get started or do I need to take a year out and figure out what that vision is for myself or even if it isn't medicine anymore.
1: Um, I want to clarify I do really want to do anaesthetics it's not because I, there's nothing else that I would want to do I do really actually enjoy the specialty and kind of the cute side of it and the non-acute side of it uh, I'm so <laughs> you know, sorry I, I
2: made you seem like you just no, no, no. <laughs> no I I've chimed in on my vision, vision perspective
1: <laughs> no I think that was partly me to be fair from my, my opening statement but yeah no I really want to do anaesthetics I find it fascinating and I really like the people that dude. I think most medical students would agree that um, anaesthetists are really nice people for the most part they
2: are really nice um, people yeah, yeah.
1: so yeah <laughs> just, just to put that out there you never
2: anaesthetists you know
1: yeah, no. yeah I have Australia. once but yeah e- okay. um, Even, for the most yeah, I'll, part I'll bleep
2: yeah. them at 3am for a cannula still fine somehow See?
1: go for anesthetics yeah
3: everyone. <laughs> that is just so funny um it's almost the uh the, the plug for so in future if somebody who happened to listen to this is sitting on a specialty interview panel for anesthetics i do really 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 want to do this <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um Absolutely nothing wrong with um either approach there you know for for both of you it's it's quite interesting you've taken slightly a different um, approach, but it's absolutely fine you know whether you go through a process of elimination or um, you, you you sort of visualize your future in a particular um specialty is you know, we're all different, so you have to choose the method that works best for you in terms of your decision making. I mean, I think there are some some things that people fall into um, into a bit of a trap in, in some respects, uh, and there are things to be just be mindful of when when thinking about specialty choice. I mean, one um, is is definitely the the bit about the the placement that you were on that you particularly enjoyed. To what extent was that down to the team as opposed to the work? Um, it, it just be wary of that one another one is if you happen to be in a particular um, rotation and and a consultant says you know what you would be an amazing anesthetist please you know apply you really should your skills are brilliant etc to have that compliment um, particularly when you're in the early stages of training is just wonderful you know it it does your ego a huge amount of good um, apart from anything else but again, it's about being cautious, not to be swept along by somebody else's um, you know, sort of impression of you. It, it's it's your choice. You're going to be doing this for a long time, um, so it is making sure that it, you're doing it for the right reasons. I think another one that comes up quite a lot is is around the work-life balance and. In many ways, I think that's actually the wrong terminology. If I can just throw in that this one, I think it's more about the blend rather than a balance. Balance sounds like the the you know work and life are competing against each other. When actually, what you're looking for is is a bit of flexibility between the two. So those those are just some of the things I I would sort of throw into that. Mm.
0: Stan Anisha, like are they things? that you've kind of been weighing up when you've been like trying to pick your specialties you know you said you both had kind of different approaches to do it but like is work-life balance or blend something that you've kind of weighed up
2: so I applied for internal medical training which I don't think is something you think of an immediate use There's, there is there is no work-life balance in internal medical training and I agree you know work it comes in ebbs and flows um and it, I think I've weighed up the fact that at the moment I'm at the early stages of my training and the specialty I want to do, I have to go through IMT for two to three years, which will be difficult. But I know that on the other side, when I apply for the specialty I actually want to do, it will be worth it um, because it interests me. I love it. Um, I love reading about it. I love, would love to treat people for it. I think that motivation or to to call back my own quotes you know I want still want that life for myself I still want to have that subset of patients and make a difference to people's lives for their skin so I think that's enough motivation for me to go through two to three years of maybe not having a life Um, so I've done that calculation in my head and I think it's important everyone does because medicine is a long long career Um, and the majority of it is when you're a consultant and I think when we're at such junior stages of training it's a difficult to think about what our career will look like and it's secondly also difficult for a lot of us who maybe like me are, are undergraduates didn't do a degree before so went came straight from school and um, we're quite young so I don't even know what my life will look like either or where I'll be in the country so it feels like it's very far away but unfortunately on a serious note these decisions that we make in this speciality that we want to go through will determine so much or determine where I'll be in the country who I meet um determine the course of my life really so I do think they are serious but yeah important questions to think about so it's important to have a little sit down and think with yourself where do you see yourself in 10 years not just career-wise but personal life-wise as well because they're so intertwined
1: yeah I agree completely with what Anisha's just said. Um about work-life balance and work-life blend um and just to kind of add another perspective into it i've also thought about specialty choice um in terms of what other things i'll be able to do uh, like research education um you know i'm quite keen at the moment to do um, less than full-time training post F2 so that I can um, sort of do other things that I enjoy Um, majority of them will probably still be within medicine but um, it is something that I'm quite keen to um, to expand on in the future you know carry on being involved in medical education maybe do some research on the side Um, so when trying to choose a specialty I've also looked into that whether the training itself um, would allow well I'm sure like every specialty will allow you to do that to an extent but what one will actually allow you to do as much as you want or or more it wouldn't be as restricted as maybe some other specialties because I can see how one specialty it will be easier for you to do some teaching and research and in another one you're going to have to you know be 100% in your kind of training mode. And I also think that um often when I have conversations with friends A lot of people see training as this period that you just have to get through and then it's all about consultant life afterwards whereas I try and approach it in the sense that you do have to enjoy your like um, SHO and your regi is because that takes up a a big chunk of your life you know this is not the US or some European countries where four years you kind of bash it out eight hours a week and then you're done we're in it for the long run you know like anesthetic training is like what seven eight years and I'm dermatologist ontology is probably the same when i have conversations with people from other countries they're like oh you know so do you want to do something that's a bit shorter and i'm like in the uk as in you know unless you do gp most other things are kind of a very similar length so and then when i say to people i want to do less than full-time training they're like oh but that will add like a year or two to your training i'm like yeah in the grand scheme of things that's you know that's nothing um so yeah there's definitely lots of things to to think about there
0: Yeah I think you brought up some really interesting things there Stan like I have also thought about doing less than full-time training or like lots of the people I work with at the BMJ are GPs who work at the BMJ alongside that and doing something like that in the future you know for you it might be research or medical education I'd love to keep writing and editing and all those kinds of things so I think like weighing up what other things you want in your life as well like Anisha said there's There's so many other things to consider about, like, your personal life, your work life. There's just a lot to think about. Um.
2: I feel like because me and Stan both know what we want to do, I think it might feel like some people at home might be really confused. But I just wanted to reassure people that even at F2, a lot of my colleagues and friends now, especially around this time of March, have applied for several different specialties. Some haven't applied. I feel like we... Are coming across as like we have it all together it's not true i think everyone is very confused and if you do feel like that it's completely okay i think it's quite normal i think it's i think everyone kind of feels like they're on their own for a bit when they're confused especially because i think people are more vocal when they know what they want to do um So, you know, it feels like everyone else has their life in order and they know exactly what they're going to do and where they're going to be in 10 years. I feel like it came across before as, you know, pressure to know how you have to be in 10 years. It's important to take your time with it and not be pushed into coming up with a vision or ruling out things. Like there's a lot of time to think about stuff. Spending a year out or two years out to really think about what you're going to do is also completely normal and fine.
0: Yeah definitely and just to like kind of speak to that I don't really know what I want to do so you know it's not like Anisha we started with Anisha and Stan at the beginning talking about what they think they might want to do but firstly that might change and you know there are plenty of people who don't know most of my friends don't know I'm going into final year in July I don't know I yeah all I really know so far is that I'd love to keep like elements of what I'm doing at the moment in my career in the future but that's pretty much
3: as far as I've got.
0: So yeah, Um, Heather, sorry, you were going to come
3: in on some of this earlier. So yeah, I mean, there are a couple of things just to pick up on. One is the point about um, doing different things and and will the specialty allow you to um, have the time to pursue different things? You know, increasingly, we're seeing um, people developing more of a portfolio career, um, in medicine, and that used to be uh, pretty much limited to uh, Gp but now it's ac- it 's across so many different specialties you 've also got the opportunity throughout the training program as well to take some time out of program to perhaps spend a little bit of time doing some research or doing some um, career exploration. There are all kinds of different things that you can do. And increasingly, we're seeing more and more people taking time out um, at the end of F2, then perhaps a little bit later down the line, perhaps after IMT, for example, that lends itself to a natural break. And then again, taking some out of program time as well as training less than full time. And in many ways, you know, it, it is so much better to take that, that time, not to be pressurized into making a decision, um, which is perhaps not the right one for you. It's because you feel you should do something. And then it's settled and everybody else is happy. But you're not entirely convinced yourself that, that that's not a good path to go down. So yeah, do take your time around ab- about it. Um, absolutely right. You're not going to have a light bulb moment. You know, that rarely happens where people dash off to New Zealand and wake up in the middle of the night with the, aha, I'm going to be a paediatric surgeon specialising in. It, it doesn't happen, sadly. <laughs> but um uh, so it is recognizing that, um, and as I say, it, it's it's looking as well at not just what the specialty allows you to do, but also the skills and interests that you have that you can bring to it, um, so that you're you're trying to link the two together as far as possible. Absolutely right. Very few people in F2 actually know what they want to do. (laughs) Um, And a lot of people do apply for several specialties. Again, that's not a problem. Uh, Some uh, apply through F2, uh, actually apply to a number of specialties. Not really sure they want to enter specialty training straight from F2. And again, it's fine if you want to do that as a practice run, just to prepare yourself for the interviews. Um, so that when you come to the crunch time you know what to expect you're much better prepared for it
0: yeah that's a really interesting kind of approach to things Um, and I guess there's so many worries that students might have about picking a specialty I know that it can feel like Anisha was saying earlier that there's a lot of pressure on it Um, so we'll come back after the break uh,
4: after this message from our sponsor to talk a bit more about some of those things Indemnity. You've probably not given it much thought, but it won't be long until the risk of claims and patient complaints becomes all too real. Whatever lies ahead, you need experts in your corner who offer indemnity and a whole lot more. That's why it pays to be with medical protection. There's our free membership during your medical school years, our wealth of training resources to help you become the best doctor you can be, and our international experience that protects you during your elective, no matter how far from home you end up. In fact, there are many reasons why our members worldwide trust us to support and protect them throughout their careers. And if you're looking for one more, every week one lucky new joiner wins £200. That's the average student weekly spend. Just join for free and you're automatically entered into the draw. That's why UK medical students choose to be part of Medical Protection. You can't blame them, so why not join them? Visit medicalprotection.org to find out more. Okay, back to the show.
0: So, Heather, how do you help students make a decision about what specialty to go into if they're just not sure? If they're starting from kind of the drawing board, what kind of steps would you, like, take or what kind of things? We've already talked about some of the things you need to consider. Um, But, yeah, where do you begin?
3: Okay, Um, I think one of the first things to do is is to actually take that step back put the specialty to one side you know the, that that huge list of specialties um, put that to one side and then do that almost um, audit of uh, the skills that you have but they must be the ones that you enjoy using so you might be particularly good at something but not enjoy it very much um, the, the the one that I use um, often with students is to explain that I, for some reason, I'm quite good at um, spreadsheets on finance, but I absolutely loathe them. (laughs) So, you know, I try to avoid anything that involves, involves those. We are often pushed or feel pushed into doing something because we're good at it. So that's why I'm saying, look at your skills, then look at the ones that you particularly enjoy. Now, you can do this using um a mind map approach. you could use post it notes, whatever works best for you the The important thing I think though is to get it out of your head and onto paper <laughs> um because you otherwise you can almost develop that hamster wheel approach of its going round so much in your head that you can't get out of it so again, take that step back put it on on some kind of post it note for example. Then maybe think about some of the values, uh, what's important to you, your personal values. So if there are particular um, things, aspects of medicine that you feel strongly about, if that is going to work against you um, or going to be hard for you ethically within your within that work environment, try to avoid that as well. <laughs> try to include the things that are important to you. So, you know, Anisha was talking about, um you know, dermatology, why it's so important, what she feels so passionately about that. But for somebody else, that might not be the case. So it's thinking about that, which also leads on to your own personal qualities. So it's thinking about how you function and your own preferences. If you're somebody who's a fantastic listener, but not a great talker, (laughs) um, then you're looking at a specialty that uses your listening skills rather than uh, you know, rather than the opposite. Um, if you're great as part of a team, you love that team environment, you love rushing around here, there and everywhere, I think there are some specialties that might leap to mind on that. Um, whereas if you're somebody who perhaps likes a more considered approach, how does that fit for you? It's also thinking a little bit about your patients' personalities as well potentially. Um, who are you most likely to come across? So if, if your patients are mostly asleep um, and that works for you,
0: then yes. Yeah. <laughs> for those who can't see Stannis cheering in the
3: background. <laughs> Um, I mean, there was a wonderful flowchart uh, produced a few years ago. It was very much tongue in cheek about how not to make um, a decision about which specialty to use, to, to choose. And it included questions such as um, patient asleep, patient alive, patient dead, you know. <laughs> so, and I think the other one is, is also thinking about your own priorities for so what you want out of life. You know, if you're somebody who perhaps you've you've always had this lifelong ambition to um, climb Everest for for charity, for for example, or um, if you if you want to have a family, um, if you want to be able to take on sort of worldwide explorations, it, it's what are those things that perhaps don't come into necessarily into um, the specialty job description, but Will that give you the opportunity to do it? To do it? It's almost building up a, a, a picture frame so that then you've got those, those four things around you, you know, the, the skills that you have, that you enjoy, etc. And then looking at each of the specialties and almost moving the frame over the description for each of the specialties and how much does it fit? There are very few people who get a 100% fit. <laughs> and I'm often asked the question, oh, but how can I be certain? Is there a guarantee that I make the right decision? And the answer is no, there isn't, because there's all kinds of reasons for that, including life changes, changes within the working environment as well. If you want to look at a match, really you're looking at at sort of 70% and above. So 70% and above between what you're looking for, your picture frame and the specialty. That can then draw out um, almost like a a short list um, of, of different things. And some people do get very stressed, understandably, because they like everything. (laughs) And and there's nothing wrong with liking everything, but it makes the decision harder sometimes. The reassuring side of that is that if you are um, someone who enjoys pretty much everything, then you're more likely to enjoy whatever you eventually settle upon. Take your time to get there. It's okay.
2: I was gonna say that it's—it's like trying to find the one. (laughs) But there is no the one, everyone. Like there's something that will work very well. Equally, some something else might work very well. Um, Just for that analogy, but it's— I don't think there's one speciality for everyone. I think it's many specialities have overlapping qualities and clinics and theatres and ward rounds it's just the finding one at the right time that you seem to be enjoying and rolling with it and having fun with it i also think one thing also just for people you potentially have or when they apply or if you have applied um or i guess even for f1 and f2 that i think that there is sometimes a bit of a balance or between choosing a job and choosing the location i think in medicine that's a tough decision that unfortunately you have to make um but i think the location versus the actual job is something that i think everyone has to think about when they apply for things um i think that's i think that's unique to medicine there's very few other careers where you literally could just be sent anywhere um tomorrow um so i think that's something to think about as well how much staying in the city that you're in matters to you um and i think you have to weigh that up as some specialities are more competitive and unfortunately it means you will have to move to a different city potentially I think it's a less romantic aspect of choosing a speciality but I do think it's something to consider
3: Um, the other uh, sorry I was just going to Pick up on the um, analogy about uh, you know searching for the one, you know, and there are lots of ones out there, um, which which led me on to speed dating, um, <laughs> and uh, which is 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 looking at um, taster days. Um, now I know you don't actually get the, you can never get the full experience from a taster day, but. You do have an allowance of taster days um, through foundation, so use them. You know, uh, and if you prepare for your taster day um, or days, um, selecting the uh, specialties in which you, you've, yeah, they're on your short list of, of possibilities. Prepare for it by asking questions, um, knowing what you actually want to do as part of that. Um, that will get you more of a a flavour, um, you know, and then it's the. Uh, are you on the list of the? Uh, yes, I'd I'd like to meet you again. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> very good. I like the analogy a lot. The key thing on this for me is if you're not sure, if you want to just talk through whether it's this specialty or another or half a dozen, do go and uh, and seek out um, either the careers team at your medical school. If it's a university medical school, there there will be a careers team that is, is available to you. Um, most of the medical schools who are freestanding also ha- have you know, a careers person or team attached. Um, and if you're in foundation, speak to the foundation school. And also ask them who the careers person is, because that's what we're here for. Use us. We would rather do that uh, and work with you. For some people, it's just a, a, a one-off conversation. Um, for others, it's um, more of a career coaching uh, programme of, of, of several sessions. But it's as long as it, it, as it needs to be but do talk to somebody don't feel that it's a bad thing or an admission of weakness it it isn't you know talking to somebody about it is as as you would say to your patients talking to somebody and asking them for help is actually a sign of strength so Practice what you preach. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: um, definitely. I have a question for Heather, if that's okay. Um, so, we've spoken about um, career coaches in uh, medical school, and you know, we have a, a great career advisor at our medical school. Um, but, um, I want to know what your opinion is on. So how much of this should we do um, in med school? Because I don't think we do enough of this in medical school. You know, having meetings with the careers advisor, they're like available to everyone. You know, I think people know that they can access this, but I'm not sure that many people do. And obviously I have an overview of one medical school only. Uh, But how much of that should we try and start doing in medical school? Not just, you know, going to placement and deciding, do I like this or do I not like this? But the stuff around, you know, what qualities do you have that you want to bring into a specialty? What do you what do you want your life to look like? Because my personal opinion would be that probably towards the later stages of medical school, you do need to start to start doing that. And, you know, I graduate next year and I haven't done a great deal of it um, in medical school. So, yeah, what's your what's your view on that?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think in the the first couple of years of medical school, it's. It's slightly different um, because you haven't had that much experience or exposure. You're also getting to grips with what's involved in in medicine generally. Um, there's also the, the aspect of uh, point of need as well. Um, people often don't use something or, or say they don't know it exists when they don't need it. <laughs> but um, certainly, I'd say the the Sensible person that you know who, who's doing some uh career planning, um, really couple last year or so, ideally, of, of medical school taking that time to actually sit down to assess um their their interests, it's the other stuff you know apart from just the pure medicine side of it. So, I would say, you know, if you can, this is a good time to do it, but don't forget that you can continue to do that um, or you can pick that up in foundation as well. In many ways, certainly once you get into um, specialty training and you have um, your meetings with your um, supervisors, well, even before that, actually, but, you know, you have meetings with with educational supervisors, your career thoughts should be a part of that discussion. And I wouldn't wait for the supervisor to bring that up um, put that in there yourself as something that you would wish to discuss. It should be part of your professional development.
1: I think um, the UK is in a bit of a unique situation because in many other countries like the US and a lot of European countries, students, medical students go straight into specialty training after they finish medical school. And... I don't think I would necessarily want that for myself. No, you know, having gone through like an undergraduate degree and 3 years of med school and still like not sure exactly what I want to do and then you know having to pick. So I'm sure they face um their challenges as well with maybe picking too early, but I'm sure there's something, you know, in their medical school curriculum that prepares them for that.
0: Yeah. All really Definitely interesting points and, like, things that maybe people wouldn't have considered before. So we'll talk more about some top tips to help you choose your specialty right after this advert.
5: I'm Dr Matt Morgan. Alongside working as an intensive care consultant, I work as part of the BMJ On Examination team to support you in passing your medical exams. You can now get access to our personalised revision resource online And our app for Years 1-3 totally free with code YEARS123FREE. As well as a huge 40% discount on our Finals product using code FINALS40. We'll help you to pass by making sure you maximise your time. We'll deliver you the most important questions, keep you on track with daily reminders and give you feedback. Show you how you're performing. We are committed to making revision easy, so start your journey to pass first time today by visiting onexamination.com to sign up or by downloading the onexamination app and using code years1233 for years 1 to 3 free or code finals40 for 40% off our finals.
0: Okay, back to the show. So, yeah, um, I thought we could talk about some of the, like, top tips uh, we have to kind of help medical students make make a decision um, and kind of make sure that they're considering all the things that they need to be considering. Um, and Stan, I know you've been thinking about this, so...
1: Um, so my top tip would be um, when you're on placement so for medical students because you know that's the stage that I'm at at the moment uh, for medical students when you're on placement uh, I tend to gravitate towards the F1s and the SHOs and I know consultants and registrars are helpful but I kind of see myself um, spending more time with the people whose kind of role I will be immediately in after I graduate. And I do spend um, quite some time talking to them, you know, if the opportunity um, is there uh, about why they, why uh, they're choosing the specialty that they're in. uh, Is that what they want to do in medical school uh, and kind of what pushed them um, to doing it? Because, when you're on placement, you either see the really good bits, uh, sometimes you might not see what's deemed sort of like the boring bits of a specialty. So it's really important to, to bear in mind that what you see is just a little snapshot. Uh, and as a consultant once said to me, you need to learn to enjoy the kind of, I don't want to call them boring, but the everyday bits of a job because that is what's going to keep you going. And that's what you're going to do um, for the majority of your time. And then just another thing is, I know applications change all the time. And, you know, recently stuff has changed over from self-assessment to exam-based and things like that. But do you have a little look at um, things like IMT or core surgical training? uh, Just the the kinds of things that they are asking for now, just so you have a little bit... Of time to maybe prepare, for example, I, one thing that I've seen in my med school is if you don't know what um student selected component to choose, maybe have a look at what those will your specialty give you some points for choosing a study selected, you know, a s- student selective component that is related to the specialty and if it does and if you know if you've got no nothing better to choose maybe maybe go for that because I do think you know as as bad as it sounds you do have to be a little bit strategic in terms of what you do and it shouldn't all be our preparation for points and publications and all of that you I think you need to enjoy placement for the sake of you know enjoying sort of developing yourself as as a junior but these things can help you and med school is generally like a good time to do it because you have a bit more a bit more freedom
0: yeah I definitely think that sounds good um Anisha is that something that you kind of did before you went into F2 or yeah um I agree with Sam said it It doesn't sound nice to
2: have to say that okay look at, look at the points and have a look at what you need to do um but the reality is I think I think a lot of us you know you do have to start thinking about that so yeah when i was in medical school i think I, did, yeah, I had a look at what imt entailed and the specific points i would need to do imt and equally my colleagues and friends who wanted to do surgery or wanted to do you know radiology or pediatrics or obs and gyne, everyone had a little glance and had a look um and even if you don't want to go down that specialty, I think the key thing to take away is that when you look at every single speciality, many of the points come from things that can overlap. So, you know, a point for a publication, doesn't matter what it is in, as long as you have one, it counts for many different specialities. So I think in medical school I would I would stray away from thinking too speciality focused I would stay more I would go more towards being skills focused because you don't need to be pressurized into knowing what speciality you have to do a medical school you know you're not qualified yet there's no need to but I would say medical school is the time to learn skills no matter what you do it will it will be useful when you eventually do apply somewhere and I think it comes across better as well more genuine as well as bad as it is to say
0: following your interests as well you know don't do all these things just for the sake of doing them follow like you don't have to do research if you don't yeah if if you don't want to do research you you don't have to teach if you don't want to teach like just follow the things that you're interested in and passionate about medical school is stressful enough as it is sometimes um
2: yeah start the process but you don't have to force yourself into choosing one by the end of medical school
0: Yeah, I think that sounds good. And I feel like, Heather, that links into your top tip about um, not burying your head in the sand.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a a definite one because, um, yes, things will come up to bite you. Uh, Do make sure that you... um, Don't ignore the fact that a a decision will have to be made at some point and uh, you you have to go with it. A couple of other sort of things just to bear in mind. Um, One is there is a really useful resource called the Health Careers website and it has a lot of information on there i know that they are always adding podcasts um as well as case studies from different specialties um so i would say it, it's worth getting to to know that website um if if you can definitely enjoy the journey yeah. <laughs> you know medical school shouldn't be All hard 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 work you know you should enjoy it same with your training there should be elements in it that you enjoy so in so try and take some time to do that second tip is is or possibly third I can't remember where I'm up to now but uh, tasters um, they're there use them and the final one which I would say wouldn't I um, is careers advisors are here to help you please use us (laughs) Um, well, I think
0: that is super helpful Um, and definitely some of the things that I'm going to be kind of looking into when I go back to medical school and trying to work out what I want to do next. So yeah, thank you so much for that. So that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much to our panellists for joining us and to everyone at home for listening to this episode of Sharp Scratch. If you like our show, I'd love it if you could support us by leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and sharing it with the people you know tell your friends about it that really helps people find the show next time we're going to be talking all about leaving the uk to practice medicine elsewhere so get in touch if you want to ask any questions uh, or leave any comments beforehand you can find us at bmj student on twitter facebook and instagram if you'd like to hear other episodes subscribe to sharp scratch wherever you get your podcasts and in two weeks time you'll be notified of our next episode until then goodbye from us